So when I was in college, graduation really snuck up on me. Now, to be fair, I had studied abroad. I came back for a semester and then graduated early because I was all about getting out of there. So I owed that college less money. But I say uh, graduation snuck up on me because I didn't have a plan. And so then I was like, oh, no, it's the end. And now I need to find a job. And that shouldn't have been a surprise to me. Right when you graduate college, you do look for a job. But because I didn't have the foresight to look forward and see that, I just settled for the first thing that came across. I was so excited to get my job as a sales manager at a failing Holiday Inn that I ended up not really loving because you can't sell something that you don't believe in, right? But yet I settled for mediocre because I didn't have the foresight to see what was coming in front of me. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Welcome to Diary of a Worthy Pursuit. Where we talk about how to get what you truly want in life and in business. So the crazy Holiday Inn, beat up, run down, shutters yeah. falling. <laughs> I wouldn't say shutters falling, right? Like on the, on the surface, everything was okay. It was a little outdated. It needed mm -hmm. some work. But like a lot of these things, you're in the service business. You're not just selling the room. You're selling customer service. You're selling events. You're selling the quality of the food. And a lot of that you don't get insight into until you're in it. Yeah. Unless you know you want to be in the hotel industry and then you're kind of checking everybody out before you go. Sure. So I really didn't know what I was getting into. Frankly, I was just excited to have a job. Ah. And when it was, it was pitched to me in the best way, the director of sales is a wonderful human, but she was in recruitment mode. Okay. She's like, you're going to be the face of the hotel to the community. You're like, that sounds cool. I'll right? be the face of the hotel to the community. Yeah, that sounds like a great job. And then you get in it and you're like, oh, this is not what I want to do. That is not this the place you want to be the face this of. This does not feel good. No. Yeah. So a lot of lessons learned there. But I think the, the ultimate thing that <laughs> the high level lesson that I learned is that, hey, you just got to pick your head up every once in a while and see where you're going because this big life stuff can't just run into you. You yeah. need to see it coming. So who do you think is running that place now? Presuming it's the same place it was. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Um, do you think that they just keep going through people or do you think it's... Well, hopefully they've remodeled it and improved, oh. and improved service. Okay. But uh, I don't know. I would say that the management company that was managing it is probably no longer managing it. Okay. <laughs> All right. It didn't work out. <laughs> it didn't work out. And right. writing was on the wall. But what is interesting about that is that in a lot of things, you can't be mediocre in customer service. Mm -hmm. Right? You are either... If you're not great, you might as well be terrible. Because fair to a point, yeah. Because the in between is this like, well, they Maybe were all okay. right. They're not memorable, so like, I'm not going to go back there. Right. You know, I'm not going to tell everyone not to go there, but I'm not going to go back there because it wasn't great. Mm -hmm. And so, if it's not great, then like, what are you doing? What do you? Why are you putting your time uh, into I it? I see what you're saying. Yeah. You know, it reminds me, my buddies and I went on a trip to Arizona mm. uh, right after high school road trip. Yeah. And my buddy's 61 Buick, and uh, we had some, his neighbors came with us in a different car behind us, and they only wanted to stop at Denny's and McDonald's. The whole trip, the whole trip, and I'm like, you gotta be crazy. We're going across the country, right? Hundreds of miles away. Yeah. In new and exciting places, and we're gonna eat at places that we could get anywhere. Right. And it was one of those, like, well, their argument was, we know what we're getting. We don't want to get mm. sick at some other place. And my argument was, well, at McDonald's, you're probably guaranteed to be sick. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, but their whole thing was, we're going after the mediocre that we know, 
instead of mm -hmm. striving for something more that we may or may not know. Maybe good, maybe not good. Right. But I was just like, oh my gosh, it hurt, hurt the trip. Well, but Painful. how many people do you know in life? Now let's take this to people, to humans, who are in that, in that space, right? They're like, well, I'd rather settle for this thing that I know than reach for something and fail. Sure. Double you know versus right, double you don't. Exactly. We feel that way sometimes in politics, right? right? Yeah, right. But I think as humans, we are sometimes scared to take the risk. And so we're just like, oh, mediocrity, that's okay. Right. But so there's a fear mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I think of the first, uh, I don't want to call it my first job, but my first job there, I was making more than $5 an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up getting fired from that job, and which is fine. But it's one of those where I was thinking after I got canned, I was thinking if I didn't get fired, I would have stayed there indefinitely yeah. until they went out of business, which they did eventually. Um, but I would have been stuck at that job. Oh, I say stuck, but that's not accurate. I would have been at that job because stuck would be like, hey, I go to work, I punch out, I move on with my life and mm -hmm. then rinse, repeat. Everything's cool. Mm -hmm. And I would have been stuck in that little rut, I guess, and just happy. Yeah. Fine. I was doing really well at it. I had, there's a lot of people that I, I guess clients and stuff like that that I was taking care of. It was fun to a point, but it wasn't, I don't know if I'd necessarily say it was great. There was no room for advancement. Mm -hmm. So it was one of the, like, I'd be there 30 years yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. So I guess also going, it reminds me of the, like the UAW strike that's going on, right? Mm. These guys, I remember seeing this picture of these guys with signs and they all look out of shape, kind of lumpy, frumpy. I'm like, I wonder when the last time these guys smiled was. Yeah. Like, what are you fighting for? Yeah, that's a great point. And again, because when we get stuck, mm -hmm. it's hard to see the other side of stuck. We'd rather just be in what we're used to. And so I think with small business owners or folks who want to start a business, this really finds itself playing, I and the way I say it two ways. First is you're scared to take that leap to start a business because you're like, well, what I'm doing is just fine. Like, it right. may not be great, just fine. but it's just <laughs> fine. I'm sailing along fine. Mm -hmm. So there's one area where maybe you've got some opportunity to shake it up. But the second area is maybe you've been in business for a few years, five years, and you're like, oh, this is smooth sailing. I'm doing all right. I'm not going to rock the boat. What has been working keeps working. And so it's fine, right? You're not ready to take it to the mm -hmm. next level, so you're just hanging out here. But I think that those are really two extreme danger zones because Huge. when we get stuck in this just fine, we don't know what could be better, and we don't ever want to look back on our lives and think, oh, what if? Right. What if I would have done that thing? You know, I was reading something that said at, um, there was a nurse who's done a book that talked about she was talking to people on their deathbeds, they were never talking about like the, the risk that they took and failed. They were always lamenting on the what if, the thing they oh. didn't do, okay. rather than the risk they took and they failed. Because at least if they took it and failed, they knew. Mm -hmm. But if they didn't do it, they were always left wondering. Interesting. Yeah. The, re the regret, mm -hmm. the feeling, interesting. I yeah. like that. I was just reading the book. Oh my gosh, I can't think of it. I think it's a lot of it stems from The Art of War, though, by mm. Sun Tzu. Mm -hmm. So it had a saying that said, never fight your last war. So, and last is, uh, we have to define that a little bit. So not last like ending, mm -hmm. but your most recent one. So every challenge that you have, 
what you did to get over that challenge. It's yeah. not necessarily going to be what can get you over this next one. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because I'm like, oh, that's polar opposite of having systems in place. Yeah. But on the flip side, it's also an awareness that you can you can pivot or you can adapt or optimize. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Where then where you're willing to do that because you're not mediocre, but because mm -hmm. you're willing to change or adapt. Yeah. So it's interesting. Kind yeah. of fun thing. That is a really fun quote. Well, today we're going to talk about how to not be mediocre, right? We've talked about the reasons maybe why you would want to escape this mediocrity trap, but I think step one is just knowing where you're going, right? Huge there's one. there's yeah. a lot of places that you can go, but if you don't know which one you want to get to, it doesn't really matter what path you take, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting when we were talking about this before, and you mentioned the goal thing. I was like, oh, of the people I know that have easily definable goals, you can tell that they're striving for something, so they're pushing themselves. Mm -hmm. It was an easy goal, like, hey, I want to grab this cup, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> right. But if there's something like, I want to own five billion cups, yeah. or five trillion cups, I'd have to really push myself in order to get whatever place to store, five mm -hmm. trillion cups or something like that. So I'd have to advance as a person, get some knowledge, and meet some people, and do all these things yeah. that is going to help me grow as a person. But if I have no goal or mediocre goals, I'm not going to push myself at all. Yeah. I'm going to sit in front of the TV and be just fine with that. Yeah. So, boo. Well, unless it's a podcast. <laughs> Maybe you're listening rather yeah, than right. watching. But the, we were talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger and how he's just releasing a book, or has recently. And I was listening to him on a podcast, and one of the things he talked about is vision and how if we don't have a vision, that it's just easy to go through the motions mm -hmm. and just stay status quo. So, the example that he used is he went from you know, just being a high school kid saying, I want to be Mr. Universe. And people were like, eh, maybe you should check your expectations. Maybe you should be like Mr. Austria or Mr. Europe before you aim for Mr. Universe. But he was like, no, because I knew I wanted to be Mr. Universe, when I showed up in the gym, I knew what my goal was. And so I had a purpose for being there. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know how many people I've seen in the gym who are just there to be there, who are just going through the motions. And so any little thing will do. And so he's like, I wish I could just shake those people and say just, <laughs> Have a goal. Like even if it's like I want arm muscles or mm -hmm. I want to like be able to run a mile, whatever it is, just have some kind of goal so you know what you're working toward. So you're striving, to your point. Yeah, he had the thing I read his autobiography mm. and he was talking about how the bodybuilders that he saw in the gym a lot were the laziest people he's ever met. Because <laughs> they were in the gym and outside of the gym, they just didn't do anything. Yeah. And or he was always pushing, got into real estate, did the mm -hmm. Uh, using masonry and stuff like that. Always oh, trying to advance. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, super cool. Well, and what I love about that is that I do feel uh, that when you are filling your cup, when you're working on yourself, if you're doing it in the right way, then as you fill up, the overflow fills everything else. So it's not like the, hey, if I'm going to pour myself into the gym, then the time I put in there is a sacrifice that I'm going to take away from my family, from my business, all these other things. Mm -hmm. What I've found is that the more you put in there and you invest in yourself, that overflow really falls into those other areas of life. Yeah. You're not taking away. Because when you're striving in one place, you show up better in the other places. Fair. I mean, it's also good to even Schwarzenegger as an example, that you inspire other people. Yeah. So think about when you strive for something, other people, your kids, mm -hmm. whatever, spouse, friends, family, whatever, see you striving for that thing, and then it helps them want to strive for something else yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, you never know who's watching. Right. Right. 
I mean, we always know our kids are watching. But there's, mm -hmm. even in your business journey, I find it interesting. I was just talking to someone who's a, a LinkedIn content creator yesterday. She was talking about how just because people don't engage, like, or whatever in your content anywhere, not just on LinkedIn, doesn't mean they're not watching, doesn't mean they're not paying attention. Oh. So, you know, she's like, I had somebody reach out to me who's like, I've been following you for years. I feel like I know who you are. And she's like, I had no idea who this person was because they'd never interacted with me before, but oh. they were watching. All right. And every step that I took, because I pushed for so long, mm -hmm. they saw me striving. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's super cool. Isn't it? A little creepy, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when you're starting a business, you got to hope that people are watching, right? Yeah. I like to tell my employees that if you consider what it took for you to get here, Mm -hmm. And here at this job, I mean, that's part of it a little bit, but just here where you are in life, yeah. right? We have access to tons of stuff, mm -hmm. all the information at your fingertips. Right. If you want food, you got food, man. It's everywhere. You want to get somewhere, drive, fly, train, whatever, transportation's everywhere. I think, what if you went back 100 years or 200 years? Yeah. I was even just reading something about uh, Ben Franklin had a place in London. It's the last remaining place where Ben Franklin lived. That's still up. Okay. He was there uh, during 1770s, whatever. There's a 16-year period where he had a wife and kids in the U.S. and he only saw them one time. Oh wow! And they said it like, "Look at this terrible person, right? Yeah. What a terrible dad." And strong argument could be made there to a point. But I'm like, "What does it take to cross the ocean in 1774 right. or whatever?" Mm-hmm. Like that had to be a huge undertaking. Right. People dying, starving, all this kind of stuff. Stores in your wooden sailing boat. Yeah. Right. Versus now, you want to go to London. No big thing. We'll buy a ticket. We'll be there in whatever. Eight, eight hours. hours. Yeah. Boom. Just like that. Yeah. So it's interesting to say like what would it? It would have taken months for him to get there. Months okay. to go back, and he just had goals that didn't necessarily align with that. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. So in this. In this era of access, mediocr mediocrity is a choice. Oh, absolutely. Because Huge. I think there are, to your point, and there are points in history where we just didn't have access. Mm -hmm. But now with this access, inaction in and of itself is a choice. Absolutely. Yeah. A decision not to make a decision right. is a decision. But I feel like, to me, it's like if you put leftovers in the fridge, if you just let them sit there, they're going to become fuzzy, moldy, and mm -hmm. gross. you got to throw them away, right? Yeah. But I feel like that's a little bit with people. If they don't take action or do something, mm -hmm. freeze, I don't know, do whatever, <laughs> however far you want to take that analogy. Yeah. If you don't do something, they're going to get kind of moldy and lame. Yeah. So they Throw have them to in take, an ice bath. Yeah, right? Those morning ice baths that everyone's into right now. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. All right. So step one, have some goals. Have some kind of vision for your life. Um, step two on not how to be, how to not be mediocre is just, again, thinking about those people who are around you. So. Mm -hmm. I don't remember who popularized this idea, but maybe it was Dale Carnegie. Okay. But the idea that you think about your life in your eulogy, right? So fast uh -huh. forward to the end of your life and then picture, you know, who would, who would be at my funeral? Who would be there? Who would be celebrating my life? What kinds of things would they say about me? What do I want them to say? Not what would they say if this happened tomorrow, but what would I want them to say? Mm. And then start planning your life such that you're building toward that, oh. I, like ideal version of you or the future of version <laughs> of you, right? But the, the goal of legacy, saying, right? the goal of legacy, oh. you know, well what are you leaving right. behind? Because then you have something to work toward. And that idea of like, well, you know, your kid's saying like, oh, 
mom was a deadbeat who never chased her dreams. Like, oh, oh that'd be soul crushing if right? I heard my kids ever say that. So, man, somebody sit up from their casket. Yeah, what? right. <laughs> I need some more time. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's one of the things that I've heard is you want to see a place of wasted dreams go to a graveyard oh. because there's just, there's so many dreams that we don't take action on. But when you live life intentionally of saying at the end of my life, what do I want to have accomplished? How do I want to leave the people in my life feeling? Mm -hmm. You know which direction you're headed a little better. All right. That's cool. I really like that. Yeah. So what do you want people to say at your eulogy? I want people to say that they felt loved and they felt like, they, I gave them some grace. I inspired some change. Oh. Yeah. Inspired How about you? Some oh, man. Inspired some change. Can I copy yours? <laughs> sure. I don't know about the grace thing, yeah. but inspired some change. That's uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I would joke with people when I was doing my coaching, mm -hmm. saying, like, I don't care if you think that I'm a jerk as long as you understand that what I said came from the heart and my experience, and I don't want yes. you to make the same mistakes that I've seen or experienced. Right. And that you actually make the change. If you hate me for it, that's fine. Yeah. I don't care. Well, I think that that's, a, that's another little nugget here is that do you want to be liked or do you want to be respected? Do you oh. want to be liked or do you want to go after your goals, sure. right? There's this whole idea of I've just, I need to be the good girl or the good boy and not ruffle any feathers, mm -hmm. right? Like who cares? At the end of the day, you have you and only you and you know your family or whoever you decide to surround yourself with, right? right. So what are you willing to s settle for essentially? Right. That's totally it. Yeah. yeah. What is the standard that you're going after right. or willing to accept? Oh, that's a great, yeah. great point. So another idea here on how to not be mediocre is to to raise the raise the standard. Right. Raise the raise the floor. Right. Because you're only uh, able to accomplish the things in which you believe mm -hmm. you are able to accomplish. So if you don't think you can have a million dollar business, you're never going to have a million dollar no. business. Right. And so it's the story you're telling yourself about what you can accomplish my poor child. <laughs> we're, at the, we're at the playground yesterday. We're killing some time before a parent-teacher conference. And um, we're doing this challenge around the playground. He goes down the slide, he climbs up, I have to do what he does, kind of like horse. If I can't do it, I get a letter. Oh. Um, but not with basketball, because he's six. Okay. So it's climbing <laughs> slides and monkey bars and zip lining stuff. And so there's one of these rolling slides. Have you seen the rolling bar slides? No. There's like a hundred rolling bars, and as you go down, your butt shakes as you oh, go down okay. this thing. Right. And it, I think it's meant to be more for little kids, but so you go down this thing. <laughs> Probably. And then he climbs up this thing, and I'm like, how in the world am I gonna do that? I'm gonna fall on my face and break my nose, oh. right? But so, and so I'm like, how did I, how do I do this? How do I go through? And so he's explaining it to me, blah, 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 and I get to the top, and I hear, see, I believe that you could do it, and that helped you believe you could do it, and you did it. Wow. And I was like, Oh my gosh, do you ever just hear your own words come yeah, out of oh yeah. your children's mouth? And you're yeah. like, oh. Usually they're four letter, but it's okay. You are listening, <laughs> <laughs> right? Good or bad, you are listening. <laughs> right? But it's like, well, it's the story that we tell ourselves, right? So as much as I'm trying to help him instill a positive story, you know, good or bad or whatever happens, it's a good reminder for us too, that to cool. believe that like, hey, I can accomplish what I think I can accomplish. Yeah, yeah, believe to achieve kind of thing. Yeah. That's super cool. I have. Uh, from Tony Robbins thing. I don't know if that's a Tony Robbins originated, but I heard it from him. Oh, if you can't, then you must. I was mm. in a park with my kid, and he did running and then jumping onto a swing on his gut. <laughs> and then oh, okay. Yeah. And I was like, if you can't, then you must. And yeah, it's interesting, fun, heard a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also one of those where you have to, because otherwise, yeah. what are you showing your kid? Right. That it can't be done, or I'm not mm -hmm. willing to do it, or something. So you got to go. Right. 
Yeah, so I think a lot of us tell the story to ourselves of like, well, I'm just not ready. Or, oh, yeah. or, or what if I fail? Or, you know, I was just not meant for that. Mm -hmm. And so I just challenge people to just say, well, is that empowering or not? Right, you know, totally fair. We all have these, um, what are they? Limiting beliefs versus mm -hmm. liberating truths, right? So if you try to check yourself in the moment yeah. and be like, I could never start a business. And you'd be like, well, why? What is the limiting belief there? Like, I'm not good with money. Let's say that's your limiting belief. Okay, then how do you turn that into something that's more empowering, that's a liberating truth of like, I am willing to learn to be good with money so I can leave a legacy for my family. Yeah. You know, what is something that's the flip side that turns that into something that powers and motivates you instead? Liberating truth. I like yeah. that. I've never heard that before. Yeah, that's a Michael Hyattism. All right. Limiting belief. I've certainly heard of that. Yeah. But the, yeah, liberating belief. Liberating truth, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm, liberating right. truth. Love that. Yeah. That's super cool. Huh. The other thing I guess that I see in this is a lot of people going on that like or are comforted by playing the victim. Yes. I can't because of X, something mm -hmm. that's completely out of my control. Right. Or I will after New Year's, right? Uh -huh. This arbitrary date that has nothing to do with whatever it is I'm trying to do. Right. I'm going to place that and so I can kick the can down the road. Yeah. Or I can't because whatever. Mm -hmm. That may or may not have anything to do with what you're doing or yeah. trying to do. Yeah. Or maybe even thinking about doing. <laughs> True. True. So getting rid of your victim mentality, right? Trying mm -hmm. to check yourself and just be honest and say, yeah. am I playing the victim card here? And then also feeling that, well, I need to be active in my own rescue because no one's coming to help me. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I've talked about that before on this podcast that my health journey was one of those areas where I didn't feel like conventional medicine was going to help me and I wasn't going to play victim of that. I decided, no, I need to be active in my own rescue oh. and take ownership yeah. of this because no one else is going to, right? So that idea of if there's a dream in your heart or there's a business that you want, you have and you want to grow, no one's going to do it for you. Right. But again, it's, it's first identifying that track before you can change it. Right. Yeah, you can't outsource your push-ups, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> can't hire anyone else. That's interesting. How many people have you met or heard about mm -hmm. that had a similar situation to you that just rolled over and said, I guess this is how I'm going to live? Or Way too many. That's where the health coaching industry thrives. You right. know, there's, and it's a growing industry, and there's plenty and plenty of space because so many of us have been taught that this is you outsource your health. Mm -hmm. You know, like you say, you can't outsource your push-ups. Mm -hmm. In theory, though, we've been taught, well, if there's something wrong, go to the doctor. Yeah, and they'll so, fix it like a light yeah, switch. <laughs> right. Just take this pill. Everything will be better, right? And we know that that's not the case now, but it's no. how previous generations were programmed, or even depending on your environment when you grow up, your environment programs you. So I'd say that there's a, a really high majority of the people in our country operate in that way. Totally. Yeah, I was trying to think what the statistic was about the number of people that are on prescription drugs routinely yeah oh my gosh yeah it's a, well that's why we have a whole industry that this makes insane billions or trillions of dollars yeah i remember reading that statistic i forget what it was it's i want to say 60 or 70 percent it's a lot and i remember i was in a room networking room and i'm looking around and i'm like can i really imagine 70 percent of the people here routinely taking a pill of some kind yeah and then I thought, well, I have a very hard time wrapping my head around that. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, how many people here are taking a pill for something that they're still not fixed? Yeah, they're just masking it. Yeah. Right. And that's that's another really great point is that we tend to settle. Mm -hmm. we, oh, tend, we tend to think that, 
you know, hey, I can't get that thing, so I'm just going to settle right here where I'm comfortable, right? I just had, uh, I'm doing this 90-day challenge with some folks as we push toward the end of the year. And 70, you said? 90. 90. 90. Three, three months, 90-day challenge. We're pushing toward the end of the year. And I had them do this um, thing where we drew a horizontal line. And on the left side, we wrote an F. In the middle, we wrote an A. And on the right, we wrote an S. And then, so if you're picturing that on this continuum, between the F and the A was comfortable and things I like to do. Okay. And then between the A and the S were uncomfortable and things I don't like to do. Okay. So if you imagine, kind of like a fulcrum here, the F is failure, and then oh. the A is average, okay. and the S is success. So the things that are keeping you stuck between average and a failure is doing the things you like to do and the things that keep you comfortable. Oh. And the things between average and success that will move you up are the things you don't like to do and the things that make you uncomfortable. So it's being comfortable getting uncomfortable. I was doing a half marathon training program and I got it on Audible and one of the things that this trainer said in my head, because you listen to her the whole half hour, 45 minutes, oh, you running? whatever. Yeah, it was oh, really cool. They talk to you in your brain and she'd give you mantras and things like that. And it was like, we're training you to be comfortable getting uncomfortable. All right. So you don't need to feel like, oh, nine-minute mile is easy. I'm not a fast runner. Nine-minute mile <laughs> is easy. You just need to feel like it's uncomfortable, but I can do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to help you make progress. All right. <laughs> I did a half marathon. I don't know if I told you this before, but I figured um, I was running when I run just a few miles. Mm -hmm. I'm doing whatever, seven and a half, eight-minute miles, which is not a big, just like two or three miles at a time. Sure. So I was doing the math, and I'm like, ah, eight and a half, nine minutes. And so I stand by the card where they're holding right for this eight and a half, nine minute. Uh -huh. And I'm looking around, and it's probably a 45-degree day. And I'm standing amongst the people that are in the really short shorts and the racer tank tops. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't belong in this group. And then the whistle blows, and I'm like, I guess I'm going with this group. And they left me in the dust within 200 yards. Yeah. Yeah, it was surreal. But it's so it's funny when you say slow miles. Like, I thought I was fast. But oh, my gosh, no. I'm no. not that. I'm not that at all. I'm in it for the scenery and the accomplishment at the yeah, end. Yeah, I mean, in the end, something like that is you versus you. Right. So that goes to the whole mediocrity thing, mm -hmm. right? How many people are, are racing or understanding that they're advancing and doing a, something like that? Yeah. Or I guess mediocrity is more internal thing, mm -hmm. I guess, to me, than an external thing. Yeah. I mean, it shines externally as a result it's <laughs> right. not, but it's not uh that's not the main thing it's more in here yeah what's the story that's going on in your head mm -hmm. absolutely and i think that too many of us get stuck in this comparison trap and right. then we're like well it's okay for me to settle where i am because i'll never be i'll never be those short short runners in the no marathon desire. so why am i even trying right and if we get stuck in that in that comparison mode then it feels easier for us to settle like well i'm right. going to be mediocre because i'll never be that and so this is just where i am but the idea is that again you're not competing against everyone else you're competing against yesterday's version of you right i used to have a sticker on one of my water bottle that i carry around with me at my corporate office and it just said beat yesterday oh. that's all you got to do like i don't have to be you running seven and a half minute miles. It just got to be better than I was yesterday. Right. Beat yesterday. I yeah. like that. That's cool. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I guess when I was standing there looking, I remember thinking, what do these guys have to do to do that? Yeah. And am I willing to? Fair. So I have goals and I have things that I want to do and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but they're not. This was just like I want to say that I 
Yeah. Or just me, I finished a half marathon kind of thing. Yeah. I did zero training. Shy of just, I run every day, but only a couple miles. Mm -hmm. So I had friends that are just like, you didn't train at all? And my body certainly told me when I was done, dude, you should have trained. Yeah. But it was one of those like, no, I'm not against it. Mm -hmm. Kudos to them. That's the right. thing. But you can't have all of the goals. Right. Well, and I think and that choose. that's that's a really good point that you, it's okay to be medi mediocre in certain areas of your life if there are others where you are striving, right? Like I can't have nine goals in nine different life domains and expect to chase all of them at the same time. That's just unrealistic, right? right? I can't have nine focuses. I can have one, right? Mm -hmm. Like the one thing that I'm focusing on is this. And I'll have some overflow and the rest of my life will improve because of it. Mm -hmm. But you know, if I'm really trying to grow my business to a million dollars, let's say, Training for a half marathon is probably not the best thing for me to do right now. It'd be difficult. You only yeah. get 24 hours in a day. Absolutely. We all get the same. Yeah. True story. This has been Diary of a Worthy Pursuit. Where we talk about how to get what you truly want in life and in business.